ยบัวครอสพอยท์เมียนแบปทิสต์จูปังอะเฮนยิจิปเมียนมัวไตปัวจางทินหุงบัวจีกอนเบนบุญยิซินบุญยิเฮวบุญยิลิงบวนไต
敢讲，大干也做也做不偏公，做些名也是也真人，做些妄代做行道做苦偏，就耶稣关键天道。这帮人为着龙的面，就耶稣含爱万年，心态严切，长者就不龙的面残害，卖土海借耶稣耶苦愿，早黑在海边江河都爱干你。ที่ทุ่งแรงจริงเอเจียวเหมือนเป็นปุ่นอีบัวอีห้อยหายกับจุนยิมนายเวนงเตจุงเจ้าโหตายเชงเมย์ฟุซูเมย์เตจ้าโ
ฮอนฮอยิมยิบวะแมงยิบวะฮิวตะกองเวเมเอนฮังเมจิโอยิบวะชวดจุยิปัวเตียตายปุนยิบวะไฮเซียนคาวเมปุนยิบวะไฮย
that he ministered in the New Testament. He ministered at least two years or more in the city of Ephesus. He ministered very effectively there. He describes his ministry there as involving an open door, an effective door, and a great door. Open, effective, and great. The ministry that the Apostle Paul had in Ephesus is recorded for us in Acts chapter 19. And during his time there, many people came to Christ. There were many people there that uh, worshipped idols. In fact, the whole population worshipped idols. Ephesus was known as the center of the worship of the goddess Diana. There was a huge temple there dedicated to the worship of, I- of Diana. This temple and the worship associated with it was known as one of the wonders of the ancient world. People traveled from all over the world to worship the goddess Diana in her temple. The streets of the city were lined with idols. The town was filled with idolatry. In the story in Acts chapter 19, there was a man by the man by the name of Demetrius. And in verse 24, we are told in Acts 19 that Demetrius was a silversmith who made idols and shrines for Diana. And he and many others in that city depended upon their making of idols for their income. But what was happening was that so many people were becoming Christians. That that business of idol making was in danger of going away. Can you imagine a city that was devoted to the worship of a goddess filled with idols to the worship of that goddess and it being changed? The culture, the economy, the beliefs of the people were being changed. And Demetrius was concerned and he was angry because he made his living by worshipping. In verse 27, he says, so that not only this, our craft is in danger to be set at naught, but also the temple of the great goddess Diana should be despised. The faith that we hold dear, the faith that we hold in the Lord Jesus Christ has changed the world. 
It has changed people's beliefs, it has changed economies, it has changed cultures for the good. That change came about by, by the Apostle Paul walking through day by day, teaching the Word of God, and living a Christian life in a culture that needed Jesus. We, we gather here today as peoples from different parts of the world. Because of the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ to change lives. To bring people together in faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. As a part of the kingdom of God. And God is still doing that today. As I travel around the world, I meet with people who have turned from idols to the living God. You have brothers and sisters in Egypt and India and Indonesia and in Jordan and Iraq and in Syria. Around the world, people are coming to Christ. God brings people to himself one person at a time. And it's by one person being faithful to bear witness to another person that another person comes into God's kingdom. And that is happening around the world and right here in Reading. And God has called you and placed you to be a witness here. One person at a time. I had a friend in my previous church. She was part of our church staff. Her name is Nancy. And Nancy went home to be with Jesus about three months ago. Nancy was a faithful servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. She, she was 82 years of age, 83 years of age. The day after I had the privilege of doing her funeral service, I received a phone call. Another lady in my church called me and said, I, I have a problem. Nancy sent out a letter to, to, to some of her friends. It arrived in their mailbox the day of her funeral. And Nancy's letter to some of her friends said, I am thankful that we are friends. My funeral service has now taken place. I'm at home with Jesus. I want to see you again. But if you have not accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, goodbye, I will never see you again. You need to ask Jesus to be your personal Savior. And that would be my greatest heart desire for you to become a Christian. 
Can you believe it? Nancy wrote a letter to her friends that she was not sure whether they were a Christian. And even from the grave, she wrote a letter that invited them to become a Christian. Such a faithful servant of God. And so much like my dear friend Nancy, who sought to take every opportunity, every open door. The Bible tells us to be ready in season and out of season. To preach the word of God. And to do the work of an evangelist. To share the good news. The good news that Jesus is the Savior. The Apostle Paul, one day at a time, one person at a time, shared his faith, and we are here today because of his faithful witness and the faithful witness of one by one by one by one reaching over 2,000 years now. And I'd like to share a little more about the ministry of IMI and how it's involved in that ministry of one person at a time around the world. So it's been said that a pic, one picture is worth a thousand words, so I have many thousands of words to share with you. And as we look at these open doors, let's think about the open doors that are here as well. We're seeking to come alongside believers in different countries and encourage and equip them to do the work of sharing the Lord Jesus Christ in their culture and in their country. And that involves uh, trying to uh, get pastors and professors uh, to go with us on trips and to teach uh, and, and to help pastors there in those countries, national pastors, to be better equipped and encouraged. My wife Linda and uh, Dee Cook are involved in teaching women's conferences for pastors' wives and future Christian leaders, uh, ladies. Here are some of the countries that we're working in. We're reaching nationals through nationals in Jordan, Egypt, Iraq, India, and Indonesia. We are partnered with a church in Baghdad, in Iraq, and they have planted seven other churches, and people are coming to Christ in Iraq. But pray for your brothers and sisters in Iraq, because it is very dangerous to be a Christian there now, and many of them are having to flee the country. Last year, the Vacation Bible School bus, on the way to Vacation Bible School, was uh, a bomb went off, and it destroyed. It totaled the bus, but none of the children were, were hurt. <laughs> We're also working in the country of Jordan. In fact, our Middle Eastern director is a pastor, a Baptist pastor in uh, Amman, Jordan. This is a picture of his church that stands up on a hill with a lighted cross and bears a witness even by its physical presence. 
we also work in the country of Egypt and in the Upper Nile region in particular, and we have a plan to be involved in church planting in Egypt. Uh, and we have done pastors' conferences in Egypt, did one last fall that I was privileged to be a part of. And we're looking to plant five churches. We, we have identified five qualified, uh, well-trained pastors, and we want to plant five churches with five pastors. And our, our goal is to finance them for five years, and then they would be their own independent church. Uh, it's five by five by five, five hundred dollars a month for each one of those churches to get started. And uh, again, our purpose is to not be there all, all the time or long term, but to to allow them to be their own independent uh, local church. So. Yem na Egypt na nuga nuga pa oi. Jikon pia nam chu pang yem Egypt pung len theng pia tao chun to mien dia. This is a picture of a church in Upper Egypt. This is a church of about 500 people, and they meet for church every night of the week. The previous picture is a picture of one of the leaders in that church, and uh, he came to us the second day that we were there, and he said, please pray for me. He said, Al-Qaeda has uh, said they are going to shoot me between the eyes, and I don't care if the Americans are there. And we said we'd be very glad to pray for you. Because we're praying for us too. Every place we went in that village, we were accompanied by three policemen with 12 gauge shotguns. There was a young girl. We asked, why did this, why, why are they angry with you? There was a young girl who decided to rebel against her parents. She thought I will become I will I will become a Muslim. I will convert to Islam. She did, but after a few days she decided I don't like being a Muslim. She sent word to uh, the church help. They managed to get her away from the Muslims, and she and her parents were uh, taken out of the country. But then, of course, the Muslim Al-Qaeda boss was angry and insulted. I'm glad to say everyone is still alive and this situation has been resolved. But I tell you that to tell you that Christians in other places don't have it as easy as we do. But they are bearing witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. They have an opportunity. They have an open door. But we do too. Thank God for that. This is pictures of our ministry in Egypt. We are involved in helping with businesses, micro-businesses. 
ในสายนวยจุตุนโตเมียนวจาทอจุนโตเมียนยัวอียิปต์ตะปุงเวทุกเพลสออนเดอะชอร์สออฟเดอะเมดิเตอร์เรเนียนซีเกยมนอมคอ
This is a, 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 another conference that we had. This is at a children's home that we helped to build, and uh, funds from this church have also uh, gone towards the building of the children's home and the church that meets there on that property. And here is my wife Linda telling a flannel graph story, and she just did that this morning with your children during Sunday school. And she does that with children around the world. And this is a friend of mine in the country of India. And his name is Mr. Haji. When we were in India, we stayed uh, on this trip for about a month. And we taught in the Bible college. And in the afternoons, I would play cricket with the young men from the Bible college. And there were some of the young men from the community that came and played cricket with us as well. Now it had to be quite entertaining because I know nothing about playing cricket. This man watched me playing cricket with the boys. He is a retired Indian federal court judge. One afternoon after the game, he invited me over. He lives in a, in a large home, a mansion with uh, gardens and with iron fence. And he said, I want to thank you, Dr. Isles, for coming to my country. For investing in the lives of our young people. I would like to invite you and your wife to high tea tomorrow afternoon. I told him I would be honored. He invited me in the most perfect British English I have ever heard. So we went for tea at his home the next afternoon. We talked about Jesus. We talked about Muhammad. We talked about politics and religion. All of the things you're not supposed to talk about. But it was a wonderful conversation. And at the end, I sensed I should pray. I asked Mr. Haji, may I pray and ask God's blessing upon you and your family? This Muslim man said, I would be honored if you would pray for me. So I began to pray. And then I began to think and pray not only with my mouth, but also with my mind at the same time. Lord, how is this prayer supposed to end? And the Lord gave me the thought, pray in the name of the prophet Jesus. So I prayed, in the, I prayed my prayer in the name of the prophet Jesus. And then I added, who died on the cross to pay for our sins, who was raised from the dead on the third day, who loves all men, women, boys, and girls, and wants them to receive the gift of eternal life. Mr. Haji liked the prayer. I thought our visit was over. 
Then he invited me downstairs to meet his older brother. And in his brother's apartment, there were lions and tigers and bears that he and his brother had shot many years ago. His brother is a retired lawyer and an author. We again had a wonderful visit. And then I thought I was leaving. But Mr. Haji said, I have one more favor to ask of you. Would you meet with my oldest brother who is ill, who is dying? I told him I will be honored. He took me to a darkened room in the mansion. There lying on a Persian rug was an older man. He was very ill. I asked the Lord, give me wisdom in what I should do and what I should say. I went over and got down on my knees and I greeted his brother. And the Lord told me, pray for him. So I laid my hand upon him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I prayed for, for him, and I prayed the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to him. Mr. Haji was very pleased. When I got back to the United States, I received a letter from Mr. Haji. He said, I regret to inform you my brother has gone on to his eternal reward. But I want you to know that from the day that you visited him and prayed for him, my brother experienced a peace like he had never had before. I don't know what happened. But God does. I prayed the gospel so that he could receive Christ if he wanted to. I don't know what happened. But maybe we'll see someone in heaven. Pray for my friend Mr. Haji. We, we continue to correspond and visit. The open doors are one person at a time. Taking advantage of one opportunity at a time. We also work in the, in the country of Indonesia. Indonesia has uh, the largest Muslim population in the world, 203 million uh, Muslims in a country of 231 million. Many people are being uh, one to Christ uh, in Indonesia. And we're working through a particular local church in Indonesia. Indonesia is a beautiful country. Many rice fields. Many motorcycles too. Beautiful people. Some well-marked Bibles. One of the elders in the church. Retired military officer who went to seminary after he retired to be a better servant of the Lord. 
This is the pastor of the church there in Indonesia that we work with. The church is not a very large church, but it has a vision for reaching its nation and is doing many things to try to reach others. One of the projects that we are involved with is an after-school tutoring project. This young man on our right is one of the elders in the church. He grew up in a Muslim village. And through Christians doing tutoring programs, he discovered that Christians were friends and didn't want to kill him. When he went to the city as a as a college student, he became friends with Christians and through those friendships became a Christian. But it started through Christians going to his village, helping with education when he was a little boy. This is one of those tutoring clubs. 60% of those children are Muslim and 40% are Christian. This is another club that is in a Muslim village and all of the children are Muslims that come to this tutoring club. And this is a young man, a second year seminary student who goes out every weekend and lives with the people there and ministers uh, in a Muslim farmer's home to uh, the children of the village. We also have a ministry of friendship and helping by uh, giving goats to Muslim families and through them raising the goats and selling the goats and that micro-business, they are able to better their life and their income, but also there's a friendship that's born through which the gospel can be shared. This is the ladies that were involved in teaching at uh, a ladies' conference that we did there in Indonesia. There's a picture of the ladies at the conference. This, during uh, the time when I preached, I asked Linda to come up and to do a children's story. And there's the children, listen to the children's story. But I was worried because the translator was a Greek professor. And I didn't know how he would do in translating a children's story. But I want to tell you, he was the best translator of a children's story I've ever seen. It was amazing. He gestured and told, and the children just listened. And it was amazing. And then after the service, the man that coordinates the children's clubs came up to us and he said, I want to introduce you to the man that came to my village when I was a boy and taught me about Jesus. And this Greek professor was that man. He was a faithful witness. He walked through an opportunity, through a door, even with children, even though he was a learned man. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be firm, always abounding in the work of the Lord, 
For as much as you know that your labor is not empty, it's not in vain. What you invest in the Lord's work reaps eternal dividends in other people coming to know Christ. IMI is a ministry of connections. We're trying to connect Christians here with Christians there. And we're trying to encourage others, whether they're here or there, to make connections with other people so that they come to know the Lord Jesus the connections that we make are eternal and they are uh, of great worth several weeks ago I was in my home church in Louisiana it was, uh, I had not been there in 20 years. The Sunday that I was there was vacation Bible school Sunday. And the stage was decorated with uh, lions and tigers and bears. And uh, the children had come up and sung that morning. And I remembered that day that it was 52 years ago that Sunday. I was one of those vacation Bible school students. 52 years ago, I asked Jesus into my heart to be my Savior. In that very church. And I encourage the people that they were investing in the Lord's work and in eternity. I was also able to thank the Lord the the lady that led me to Jesus. She, she was sitting in the back. She's 93 years old now. She still teaches a Bible study every week. God used that church to bear a witness to me. And wherever I have gone around the world, they have been a part of that. I want to encourage you that God is using you around the world. I want to thank you for your faithful witness to the Lord. What you do is not empty. It is eternal. It is a blessing to me to know you. I pray for you and I pray for Pastor Tan and for Kelly. We love you very much. And we're proud of you. Keep serving the Lord. Tiao 
แหลงจิงทินหุงปุนบัวตุจังจวงเจ็ดป่าวจุงเชิงนินอย่าตุมวางนินเย่เป้าจุนเจียวนิคู่เฟียนเจียวเก่งผุยตุบัวเชิงผ